0: To the Performer of Week edition of Daytime Confidential, brought to you by DaytimeConfidential.com. My name is Luke. With me today, I have Tina, our ABC guru for the episode. Welcome. Hello. And we have Mike, our Procter and Gamble guru. Welcome. Hi. And we have Jamie, our resident historian. My t- title, not his. Welcome.
1: I'm the Prince of Tides.
0: <laughs> the Prince of Tides. Oh, yes. it, that's what we'll start referring to <laughs> as considering it's Procter and Gamble. Well, we're discussing our performer of the weeks, um, or the, the week, I should say. There've been there were some outstanding performances. Jamie, who did you have? I just want to ask Mike, since he's the
1: Procter and Gamble, Gamble <laughs> expert, does he like to squeeze the charmin? <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, now that that's over... It, it probably washes out with the tide.
1: <laughs> um, that being said... <laughs> and
0: rises on a crest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have me. to say that my performer of the week is Elizabeth Hendrickson. YNR is one of my favorite soaps, and I have not had much positive to say about it lately, but the twist of... Uh, The love triangle that's brewing, or hate triangle really, between Lily, Kane, and Chloe heated up really hot this last week, and it's contrived and stupid, the setup, but oh my gosh, that girl is like, a dash of Chloe needs to be, I mean, that's, that, Chloe needs to be all over that soap. I mean, she is, she's Sydney Mancini meets uh, Tina Lord meets Heather Locklear on Dynasty. I mean, she's a scheming little minx, and I love her. And I would love to see her tear up. Uh, after she gets through tearing up Kane and Lily, they can morph her on over to mess with Victoria and Jeffrey Todd. That would be hot. Make them have something interesting to do beside moan and look at that baby. So I, I Chloe, think that she Elizabeth Hendrickson.
2: I think that she's underused. I think this story. I think this story for her is very, um, I'll say, juvenile in an adult world. I think that she is so much better than what they're giving her.
1: Well, she's not long for daytime. I mean, you know, not just from imaginary bitches, but I mean, she has the face, she has the look. So it might be okay with her because she might have other things going, you know. So, but they they really should utilize her while they have her because she is. She's headed for the W I mean the CW or something big. I can just see Star written all over Elizabeth Hendrickson. So.
0: Well, and until that happens, can you just imagine her with JT?
1: Yeah. JT used to be badass. He was the nasty frat boy, rich kid who like bedded oh. all the girls, you know? He was right. awesome. He's been neutered.
0: Can we have Brittany back? I miss Brittany oh, so much. Britney but we, was but so I digress. Awesome. <laughs> I love Brittany, but that I digress. The best
1: mean girl ever, Brittany Hot For
0: Young and the Restless, I, I will agree. Tina?
3: Mm-hmm? Who have you chosen for your Performer of the Week? Uh, my Performer of the Week is uh, Catherine Hicklin uh, from One Life to Live, Lindsay Rappaport. She basically watched her world crumble this past week with RJ's letter because Nora just couldn't keep her yap shut and she lost Beau and she stepped up, pled guilty and basically stole Nora's thunder at being able to put her through a long trial. And she did it all with dignity and class that we don't always see from Lindsay, but it was very nice to see. So here's
0: a question. Do you like the fact that they're rehashing Lindsay going to jail or do you think it's something that should have been left well enough alone?
3: Well, at this point it was the only way they were going to get closure on the whole Nora thing cuz they weren't letting Nora let it go. And until Nora was ready to, you know, let this go, she was just going to keep harping on it and it was it's enough to drive you batty.
1: But can you blame Nora. Nora? I mean, no, Bo you can't. will not forgive her for screwing what's-his-face Michael Hudson from another world to give Sam. him a baby,
3: <laughs> to, him a baby
1: to pull him out of his depression, but he can forgive that skank Lindsay for all the shameless, hateful, nasty stunts. You know, Bo is just like what's wrong with all these other guys in daytime. They throw out the woman they really love, Reva, Josh, all these guys, Carly, um jack and then they go find another slut that's worse than the slut they had
2: it doesn't Uh, make any sense
3: Lindsay has always been uh yeah all right i've killed people i've done this i've done that (laughs) and i've done it and i own it and you know it's me accept
1: me as i am a murderous psychotic
2: (laughs) beast
3: Exactly. Whereas Nora's always tried to be Little Miss Butter couldn't melt in my mouth. I did it for you. I did it. She didn't do it for him. She went to bed with bad. Sam because <laughs> she wanted to.
1: Honey, I had sex with him for you. <laughs>
3: no, I'm sorry. That just doesn't work. And you know, this whole Nora Clint thing—it's just not working for me either. No, it's no really sad. Whatsoever. I, I, I see absolutely nothing for Hillary B. Smith to do on the canvas other than be the DA who, uh, other than having this case handed to her, doesn't really close very many cases to begin with.
1: Nora um, needs a younger man. Nora needs a hot younger man. Nora just needs a
0: man, period, other than Clint. I well, think Nora Clint...
3: needs to have hot, seamy sex with David Vickers.
0: Exactly. Oh, would
1: that be something? I would.
0: Oh, see, that's would what you do. You that. take
2: her out of her normal orbit and put her with somebody else and see what happens.
1: And let her not be able to handle it. Let it freak her out, but she can't get enough of it and keep going back for more.
2: Yep. It could sort of be like Alexis
0: and Jerry on General Hospital, Except but good. and David.
1: <laughs> 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 Except hey. David didn't kill half the town. Yeah,
0: but Mike... he just
3: scammed half the town. <laughs>
0: Mike, who do you have as your performer of the week?
2: Uh, Well, hands down, Ellen Dolan. I mean how hot is a woman with a gun pointed at her rival? Hey, Bob Cruz
1: is writing that down.
2: That's right. I can't beat it. Shame on you, Mike. Quit giving him ideas. (laughs) Ten years (laughs) of frustration and hatred of Emily Stewart came down to what are you doing with my son – Walked in the door and just laid it out, and and when Emily tried to reason with her, you know she just said, "My house is dark. I hear a noise. You're an intruder. I could just shoot you, and you know I might take some heat for it, but in the end I'll walk away." So um, uh, she was totally prepared to pull the trigger. In fact, she actually cocked the gun. But uh, you know, Tom came in and. Poor Tom. I love Tom, but sometimes he's so clueless. He never knows what's going on until after it happened. I don't even. Ellen Dolan gets Emily. Well, they were all good in that, but Ellen Dolan definitely took the prize this week for me. My performer of the week
0: is also Ellen Dolan. Woohoo! Amazing, amazing performance this last week, and I don't necessarily think that it's necessarily the pulling of the gun. Yes, that's the the physical manifestation of it, but what it comes down at least to for me is the fact that you have the built-in history. It's one thing for them to have Margot pull a gun on Emily, which is something quite out of character for Margot in many respects. But Jamie mentioned it earlier, Bob Guzer writing it down for <laughs> – General Hospital, but I just don't think that it would be have the same impact if, right. for instance, it was Carly pulling it on Sam or Ooh, Sam. Yeah, pulling I it think on it Pets. would have great impact <laughs> if somebody <laughs> pulled that on Sam. And click, boom, as they say. <laughs> okay, I didn't mean to go there. That was totally <laughs> unintentional. But it just seems to me there's so in the time that I've ha- had the opportunity to watch As the World Turns, there's always been this simmering. Thing between Emily and Margot, and I missed much of the history that Mike can refer to, but to see it simmering and build over time, and then for it to just explode like this, and Ellen Dolan when Casey walked out and she told him, "If you leave, you can't come back," and then watching him leave, the look on her face when she realized that she had basically closed the door and made it impossible for him to come back was just awesome.
2: Yeah, that I totally was gonna say that awesome. because she actually teared up. I mean she had tears running down her cheeks. So after all that emotion she was still able to cry real tears. So yeah. I
0: agree with fact. It, it, it was great stuff. Though I have to say the quote of the week for me came from Susan Stewart on As the World Turns when she found out that Emily had been sleeping with Casey. She goes, you and Casey Hughes, you've completely lost your mind. It wasn't enough robbing the cradle with Chris Hughes. With Casey, it's like robbing the womb. It's like I was sitting there just rolling, listening to her tell Emily that she was robbing the womb. It was priceless. Great stuff. So much history. One of the great reasons to watch As the World Turns right now. Yeah, and as used. someone in the comments pointed out, I think it may have been Mike, if they had just not had Megan Paul in the same episode, it
1: would have been flawless. That is the <laughs> that is the freaking Achilles heel of what – I'm sorry. I love – definitely love what's going on at One Life to Live, but I don't even – who's head writing as the world turns? Is it still Jean? Uh, yes, I can't say her last Jean Passante. Passante. Yeah. She yeah. deserves her props too because as the world turns has really been on fire the last couple of months, but that damn Paul Meg and anything to do with them—they're trying. They're trying, just, They're trying to do something with them, but Achilles they can't Achilles heel. They yep. need to. I know what they need to do with them. They Ready need too. to drown them in Snyder Pond. Is what they need to do.
2: No, what they really—they really need to do is just get them married and leave them alone. Ugh. And now they've threaded this um, burying Sophie, you know, and and just they—they they put the plot. Onto Meg and Paul's thing that will project forward more crap. That's how I look at it.
1: I think Paul needs oh. to go find his daddy and Meg. Oh my God! Goes. Yes.
2: Oh, can I you imagine James. having James Stembach back? Oh, James would be like appalled at Paul.
1: <laughs> Paul's inability meant, to
2: do anything. I meant
1: off screen for a little while. They can come back later. <laughs>
0: Maybe maybe Paul can leave in search of his father when his father shows
1: up and Emma and so needs Paul to will come back. Emma needs to send Meg on a hunt up to the attic for the Christmas ornaments then lock the door behind her. <laughs> we'll see him again someday. <laughs> okay. Um,
0: ratings for this past week are Young and the Restless, 3.4, Bold and the Beautiful, 2.4, General Hospital, 2.1, One Life to Live, 1.9. Same goes for All My Children. As the World Turns was 1.7, which really sucks considering how good it was, and it was also its newest low rating. Guiding Light was at 1.6. Days of Our Lives ratings didn't count because it was preempted. Before the podcast, we weren't <laughs> sure uh, – some of us weren't sure what we, there was to say about ratings and their continued decline, but Jamie said that he had something to say about the ratings. What is that, Jamie? Well,
1: I've been reading this new book called Buzz Marketing. I don't know who wrote it, and I actually haven't bought it yet because I just read it in Barnes Noble until I decide I'm going to go and buy it. So anyway, it's talking about the whole Procter & Gamble and how they you know, basically made a fortune marketing – through creating soaps, but how that model of marketing, which Procter & Gamble invented, is basically over because of DVR penetration. Well, Luke, you've pointed out that you basically have to watch those damn shows the day that you tape them, or what is it? Um, the same day. So nobody's getting counted. I wonder, is are we losing this industry on faulty statistics? They're getting under fire for their um, reporting with primetime and everything else, but I think that people, I think that daytime is the ugly stepchild of the entertainment industry. It always has been, but I think a lot of these execs are ready for it to be over, so they're just screaming at the top of their lungs, oh, the ratings are down, we've got to get rid of it. But then you have shows like Gossip Girl that are getting all this buzz when they don't even get the ratings that Guiding Light gets. So... I think that there needs to be a call for a serious overhaul on how they measure who's watching these shows when and where and how. And these advertisers need to think outside of the box and really start spending more money to promote online and iTunes and all that good stuff. Because it's a new world model, so they can't keep expecting the old stuff to pay off you know, I mean, that's what the damn writer strike was about, is making sure that the writers don't get screwed with new media. So, I mean, stop, I mean, trying to destroy the enemy, I mean, the, the enemy, <laughs> the industry by screaming that the ratings are so low. Because, I mean, there's a lot of primetime crap that's still, you know, getting renewed every year. I mean, how and many I... years did According to Jim get renewed? Please.
0: Well, and I have a question for you because in your statement, did you say that the, the model that um, advertising within the soaps was not working?
1: No, that's working. Buzz Marketing is actually using that now. They're doing branded content. They're producing, um, and that's like they're, go- they're basic. And look at what Dove Soap did with that Alicia Keys uh, show. And um, oh, who had the big hit on USA with Deborah Messing? That was sponsored the by... The Starter
3: Wife.
1: The yeah. Starter Wife was sponsored by Pons, I believe. Yep. So these there's going to have to be a meeting of the minds between these advertisers and people who write continuing drama five days a week. They're going to have to start thinking outside of the box instead of just this, uh... You know, at the upfronts, we're not going to spend money um, on this much money on soaps anymore because of the ratings being down because several companies are saying that they're not going to even buy ads for the primetime shows anymore at the upfront. So it's a whole new ballgame and they're just going to have to be people at the top that really want to see this industry survive instead of just throwing the soap out with the bathwater.
3: Well, I, well, the I think other- there's, there's major problems here in counting the ratings because a lot of people, not only do they watch it on the DVR, they watch it on SoapNet. And I'm not, not even the same day. They watch it the next day because they rerun them all night and in the early hours of the morning. They run soap marathons on the weekend. A lot of people watch them there. People are yeah. watching them on YouTube. People are watching them on iTunes. They're watching them on various websites for certain networks that already have them up. It. It's just you can't just count the Nielsen's anymore. The Nielsen's no. are outdated. And speaking of outdated, you should see some of the ratings for some of the um, uh, Spanish telenovelas. They blow the oh, ratings yeah. now for our so- soaps out of the water. They're yeah. supposed
0: yeah. to, and be you know that's why I
1: posted you. that blog about that show. You know. How is it that every executive in Hollywood is looking to Colombia and the Latin American countries to create primetime shows? Telenovelas are ripped off from daytime soaps. The soaps invented this wheel and the soaps are going to be thrown out because there's not enough people at the top who care about saving the genre. When yeah, they're but the one the, that the created... whole
2: primetime lineup copies off of serialized drama yeah. in a way, so they're making the money. Daytime doesn't, and advertisers have to really figure out how they're going to calculate their money because people don't watch commercials. People DVR also, stuff. You know. if, if I'm not watching um, 20 minutes of commercials on a 40-minute show, then I'm not getting the message, so you're going to have to figure yeah. out another way to reach me.
1: But we're also going to – now, this brings it back to what we all know best without having to have a statistics degree. What Primetime is doing better is that they're telling these character-driven stories that are original – that are the heart and soul and the basis of the soaps that Agnes and Erna and Bill and all of them created. Whereas we're getting regurgitated bullshit for the last ten years of Returns from the Dead, progressive amnesia, progressive hair loss.
2: Progressive amnesia.
1: That results in people falling off bridges to CGI. (laughs) That stuff has got to stop, too. I mean, these people have got to stop writing the same crap over and over again and expecting the same result. I mean, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. It's not going to happen. They have to start looking to primetime, to Brothers and Sisters, and Ugly Betty, and all these shows that are doing awesome, that are character-driven soap operas, and mimicking that instead of whatever it is in their brains that make them decide to tell any type of story with a disc having someone's <laughs> memories on it. It's ridiculous, <laughs> and it's stupid, and it's asinine. Okay. Applause,
0: applause, applause. Go, Jamie. Um, I, I want to bring up your comment about Ugly Betty, though, because there was a thing in one of the soap magazines where um, they visit with um, Chuck Pratt about his um, taking over of All My Children. And he actually commented on Fusion. He has a problem with it because it seems um, – he has a problem with Fusion, the Soap's hopelessly dopey cosmetics corporation. <laughs> you, you know, the all-girl fir- firm where no work seems to get done but there's a stripper pole and disco lights. It took me three weeks to figure out what they actually do at Fusion. Jesus, and if I had a job like that, I'd be happy. Runs the place, exactly. said Pratt. You remember um, when they he used to the
1: call – Okay, I'm sorry, but I just had to interject here. You know how they used to call Melrose Place Campy? But they actually worked at D&D. Amanda and Allison's conflict was rooted heavily in that company. At Fusion, they just...
0: Wait till you hear this. Wait till you hear this. Um, The solution... Pratt will take a cue from Ugly Betty, where he previously served as a consulting producer. I'm going to blast into Fusion and make it a real workplace, he said. We're going to get into the drama of office politics. We'll see what it's like for the poor assistants and underlings who are when two spoiled rich girls are in charge. Awesome. Does that just not sound like the greatest of improvements for Fusion oh, because yeah. Fusion is just a, it's a giant white elephant on Pine Valley and at least someone's figured out how to ride the damn thing mm-hmm. On that note, we would encourage you to send your comments to podcast at daytimeconfidential.com, comment on this episode in the forums or on the blog at daytimeconfidential.com You can also call the comment line 917-677-9757 Until next time we thank you for listening, so long folks
2: Bye-bye